Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including can beer money be used to pay for racist tweets? Should lying to get laid get you locked up? Why are cops remembering what they were court ordered to forget? Are fears about the new Joker movie screenings practical or a joke? Plus, movie trailer reviews of Adam Sandler's comic crime drama, Uncut Gems, and Tiffany Haddish and Rose Burns' girl-powered comedy, Like a Boss, during trailer talk, and more. I'm Kevin Williams, and I'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. It's time for pumpkin, Kevin. Oh, let's get spicy. And Trish, a.k.a. Danger. Danger. Not that dangerous. All right. You leave, the, leave the safety on. Leave the safety on just this once. What was going on in the news this week? Iowa State University Cyclones fan, 24-year-old Carson King, went from viral internet feel-good story sensation to being a man at the center of yet another case of the internet's cancel culture controversy. It all started with a sign that read, Bush Light Supply Needs Replenished, Venmo Carson King 25. And just like that, Carson King's game day sign, which was seen on ESPN's college game day show, went viral and people donated over $1,000 to King's Venmo account. So King decided that he would use his good fortune for a good deed and announced that he'd donate the money from his account to a children's hospital, all but enough to just buy one case of beer. But the story doesn't end there. Anheuser-Busch heard about King's story and decided to put King's face on a can of beer and gift him a one-year supply of beer and also pledged to match whatever donations that King received on his Venmo account. Venmo also got involved and agreed to match whatever donations King collected for the children's hospital. People eventually donated more than a million dollars to Carson King's Venmo account. Unfortunately, this feel-good story does not end there. A reporter from the Des Moines Register, while working on a profile about Carson King, came across two racist jokes King made seven years ago when King was 16 years old and in high school. When asked about the racist jokes, King expressed great regret and has apologized in an interview and also on his Twitter account. Anheuser-Busch no longer wishes to be associated with King, though they are going to keep their pledge to match King's donations to the Children's Hospital, which is now over $1 million. People have taken to social media with the hashtag StandWithKing, throwing their support behind King and blasting Anheuser-Busch for cutting ties with King for something he did when he was 16 years old. So what are your thoughts about this story? Did the Des Moines Register, the reporter who reported the jokes and Anheuser-Busch get this one wrong? This reporter, when he was when he was doing this profile on King, should have stayed focused on the facts, which was the story. The reason that he was covering him was the story. This wasn't like some investigative hit piece that they needed to find some dirt on him. No, this reporter's simple job was to look into King's profile and focus on, on the giving, the, the, the good deed that he did. It wasn't to go back in time and find one thing that he did that was erroneous when he was 16 years old. And I couldn't I couldn't help but think about the James Gunn situation when I heard about this, because just a little just a little quick recap. James Gunn, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director, said some things. um, He made some pedophile jokes 10 years ago. And then uh, a lot of right wing uh, figures looked dug up those jokes and, and it came to the attention of everyone. And everybody then got really upset about it, obviously, because the jokes were pedophile jokes. And Disney ended up letting him go and eventually hired him back. 
and I couldn't I couldn't wonder but the contrast in the story like why I I personally think he did he said these things when he was 16 the things that he said were clearly were clearly racist they were wrong but they were in the context of a joke which he was um, emulating or following what a Tosh two point a Tosh um, point episode so I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Tosh but no he basically his brand of humor is very crude um yeah I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, but it is very crude. So this was a 16-year-old kid um, emulating what he saw on Taj.0. And uh, kids that say a lot of dumb things, honestly. So I really think that this is a case of we we we've, uh, we focus on the wrong thing. We should be focused on the giving. We shouldn't be judging this man today. He's 24 years old today for something that he said when he was 16 and something that he's clearly regretful for. I saw the interview. He's clearly he clearly regrets those um regret those things that he said. And today he's definitely a different man than he was when he was 16. And I think again the contrast between this and the James Gunn situation is that we're talking a 16 year old kid today. I mean a 16 year old kid who said these things. Not not a grown man. So when you're a kid, you say a lot of dumb stuff. And I don't think people today as are, should be judged on the things that they said when they were kids. I think actions are a little different. Um, but I'm not I'm not saying what he said was right, but I, I do think we're we get this is out of this is out of hand. It should have been focused strictly on the story. Something you say when you were sixteen should have been held against you when you're a grown man and, and you've obviously a, a change and you look back and you're embarrassed about it. I think you're absolutely correct the focus was on the wrong thing. But also, you know, it is possible for a journalist to uncover this stuff and go, you know what, if I don't report this, is this going to come back to bite me in the butt? Now, do I think it should have been the focus on the st- of the story? No, but I think... um I think it's important. I think if it wasn't mentioned, uh, there would have probably been a problem with the fact that he didn't mention it, especially since he did uncover this. But... With that being said, I still think that this is uh, something that I think he should get a pass on. Kids do a lot of dumb things. 16 years old, this is a grown man now. And like you said, this isn't someone who is habitually making these types of jokes, habitually behaving in this way. He did something dumb. Kids get caught up in this stuff all the time. I think if we're if we're really going to look at the big picture here, Maybe we should ask ourselves, why are there shows like Tosh.0 on TV and Acceptable that are making these types of jokes all the time? So, you know, if we're surrounding our kids in a culture where things like this are deemed acceptable, are we really surprised when they say things like this before they actually know right, you know, really what is right and what is wrong culturally, if they're seeing this in their culture all the time, and it's being fed to them in the media. So yeah, I think you should get a pass on this. The big picture story here is this is a guy who tried to do something good, and it turned around to bite him in the butt. And interestingly enough, it turns out the guy who reported this ended up being found out for having racist comments himself. But I don't think he mentioned that about himself now, did he? So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, but I, I definitely understand from a brand point of view that the brand kind of wants to disassociate, disassociate itself with him. And that's okay. I mean, they're entitled to do that. They are still donating the money. That's the point. Something good is coming out of this. That's the point. And yeah, I think we should give him a pass. He was 16 years old and kids do a lot of dumb things. Okay, um, let's see. I'm going to be the contrarian, I think, in this because I, I, I'm seeing it from, a, I guess, different angles than you two are. Um, one of the things that bothers me about this, because 
when uh, Tone was the one that brought this story to my attention anyway and uh, wanted it to be on the show this week. And when I started doing my research and uh, the first thing I tried to do was actually see what were the things that uh, he tweeted when he was 16. They have been taken down. Um, I have I searched literally for hours trying to find a screen grab of it could not the moment that he was approached apparently by the reporter about these tweets he took them down the des moines register reported them as racist jokes one comparing black mothers to gorillas and the other making light of black people killed in the holocaust so um i wanted to read verbatim what he said uh uh people have said that he was quoting uh tosh uh uh 2.0 people were saying that he was doing a riff on it so it was a similar joke too but not quoting it precisely so because he's taking everything down i can't see it so it's hard to judge i'm just like i what i just read you guys was what the how they were characterized by the des moines register who chose not to actually put exactly what the tweets are so that really bothers me that you're going to report on it exactly without putting up the exact tweets um that to me would be very helpful the other thing that bothers me about this story is the reaction the people had towards not only the reporter but the paper and the people behind the paper all kinds of death threats they've had to hire some kind of detectives or something like that the police are like monitoring and like watching the people with the paper because there have been so many death threats towards uh uh uh, staffs uh at the paper and like you were saying danger one of the things that happened was the reporter uh people were so upset about him reporting this uh that they actually went through his twitter feed and found some racist and homophobic things that the reporter had said when he was a kid when he was around 16 and um he has since had to take down his twitter account he's been let go from the des moines register so there are a couple of things here for me. One of the things that bothers me about this kind of story is the fact that people seem to be really forgiving of some people's youthful indiscretions more so than others. Because it, what, what came to mind to me was the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Like uh, uh, when, you know, he was accused, uh, he and a friend of like holding a girl down and trying to rape her. The whole kids will be kids kind of thing. And the idea that a 16-year-old doesn't know that comparing, you know, black women to gorillas isn't a cool thing. Like, who didn't know that wasn't cool when they were 16, eight years ago? I have a real hard well, time I think it, I think it definitely did. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think it definitely has a lot to do with the circles that you're in. And we all know peer pressure can be a powerful thing. And if you're surrounding yourself, if you like... Let's let's face it. There are people who are isolated. I'm not saying that that's his case, but there are people who are isolated who just really get caught up in the moment. A lot of times when you're when you're um, feeding, feeding your brain with things that you probably shouldn't be feeding your brain with at 16 and surrounding yourself with people who you maybe shouldn't be surrounding yourself with at 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 16 or, or any age, really. You can get caught up in these things and you can say some really dumb things. And on the internet, it's forever. But really, are there can can any of us say we haven't said something inappropriate? Granted, this was on the internet, but in behind closed doors, you know, when you're joking with your friends, I'm not I'm not saying specifically racist jokes, but I'm pretty sure everyone has said something at one point or another that is inappropriate to someone somewhere 
do we want it to be held against us forever? Can we not change? I get what you're saying. And I agree with you. If we're going to hold people's feet to the fire and, and have a standard, the standard should be across the board. But we know that's not the case in politics. We've, we see that every single day. Yeah, like, like so all I'm saying is it bothers me that there seems to be some people when they do something, it's a youthful indiscretion. Other people, I mean, mm -hmm. I was thinking about Trayvon Martin. These same people who are rushing to the defense of this kid and his racist jokes mm -hmm. were the same people that were trying to say that, well, maybe uh, Trayvon Martin, the reason why he got killed, maybe, you know, uh, apparently we found a tweet where he mentioned marijuana. They didn't mind bringing up some Facebook posts like that that he did a joke about marijuana as in oh he was a drug crazed maniac so maybe that's why he got killed so it's just it's interesting how some people are their youth their youth they're not seen as children and um, there have been studies that actually have shown that when people uh basically white people look at black children they don't see them as children so like a, a 12 year old black girl they will see her as an adult or a 12 year old black boy they will see him as an adult and it's just interesting the idea that his youthful indiscretion at 16 all's forgiven and other people do something and then we can't look past that so i feel like if you're going to basically be this way you need to be this way across the board absolutely and um I, I, to me I don't I don't really have a problem with what went down because what happened uh I'm surprised honestly that Anheuser Busch before hitching their wagon to this kid's star did not look into him the idea that a reporter could basically do like a 2 second search and find these racist comments and um and th that they found them and th that a major corporation would get involved in something because it was going viral. They wanted to hitch their, they wanted to sell beer and they wanted to have a, right. a story that basically made them look good. And they didn't even bother to look into him. And then once it came out that there were some things about him that were unsavory and who knows if people start digging, they could find more. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't find anything else. I have no idea. But the idea that a big corporation like that got got involved in something like this without doing any kind of due diligence into who they were uh, basically getting in bed with uh to me says a lot about that company and the important thing is the money that's being raised continues to be raised so the idea that we're not going to put his can his face on a can of beer i will lose zero sleep about that <laughs> the important thing is the is raising the money for the children's hospital. This whole controversy has made meant only more people have heard about this. More money will be uh uh given to this hospital. The company is doing the right thing. They're mad. They're 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 holding their promise to match the funds as well as I believe um that's another thing. Are people holding Venmo accountable because they also severed ties? I don't know. Yeah, the, well, the vitriol, the vitriol I saw on the internet last night was all focused on the Des Moines Register, the reporter, as well as Anheuser Busch. People vowing to never drink the beer again. Well, and, and people that and the people that are making death threats. I don't think you should be drinking in the first place. So yeah, so sober up, Kevin. Um, so, let me just touch uh, quickly on three things that you said. One, I, I don't think that Brett Kavanaugh and and comparing him to, to this man is a, is a good comparison. That's why I use James Gunn, because James Gunn made some quote unquote jokes that that were that were completely not appropriate. This young man, when he was 16 years old, made these jokes. So I think what Brett Kavanaugh was allegedly accused of was a trying to rape a woman like those are 
that's an egregious action versus some yeah. dumb thing a kid said when he was different. 16. So it's extremely no, but the different. Reason why I, well, the reason why I'm mentioning it, it's the same. This has been taken on by the right. This is the same kind of thing. And it's the same kind of youthful indiscretion. They will put out that term blanketly. And my point, my issue with them is they only seem to be concerned about youthful indiscretions being held against people that are, let's be honest, are white. When it's a white person who's done something when they were 16, that was that was they were a kid let's move on but when something goes down with somebody of color then it's just like oh well that we we found something when they said when they were 12 and that proves that they're a maniac and that's why cops shot them in the face so that, that they seem to be able to uh they don't seem to be holding the same exact standard and that is one of the things that really bothers me and that's why i mentioned brett kavanaugh because i honestly feel that if if it turned out that somebody had basically come forward saying that oh well barack obama tried to rape me when he was uh, uh 17 oh i don't think but you know what kids be kids no they would not have said that well i mean we we know there's a history of racism in our country that is not news so that i don't think is a left or right solely sole issue i think the point is or the bottom line is is that whatever narrative we want to tell we're going to tell and and that's that's the problem is that we're, it's never just the facts anymore. It's how we want to spin the story. So, you know, if we strip out, if we strip out color and we strip out race and we strip out, you know, ethnicity and religion and all this stuff, and we just reported a story, what would people's reactions really be on a lot of these topics? You know, the problem again is how how do we spin our stories and that's that's the real issue that we're having in our country and that's not just a right based issue left and right are both at fault in that regard but yeah and also to add to what kevin said um what you're saying is completely right danger um i think what was kevin saying is is, is on this is on the same tone as this basically yes. you have people from certain segments of society who are defending this because it reinforces their twisted view of they're society right and they're exactly. pushing this as a pony and again i think context is super important in this story like every story context is important like these were stupid jokes made by stupid. If you had told me this kid, it was yesterday, and you told me some, this 16-year-old said that, I would be like, that. that's your, your little 16-year-old ass is being racist, and we should be pissed off about this kid. But since he's 24 years old today, I feel like we should just focus on that part of the story instead of everybody's kind of pushing their own horses. But Kevin has a great point, though. Society, especially here in America, um, children who, who are black and of color, are always viewed as a threat, especially by law enforcement. In a lot of cases, we've seen law enforcement actually shot and killed children because they they weren't given the presumption of innocence. Um, so yes, I completely agree with the, with the point that Kevin is making that there's two different justice systems and two different viewpoints when it comes to black children and white children. Um, but I think again, we we kind of really have to focus in on the fact that I think this is more a case of cancel culture. Um, than it is comparing it to like actions. I think these are just stupid words. But okay, but that's another thing. I'm so, everybody's throwing around the term cancel culture. No, uh, basically, I don't feel like this guy has been canceled. The, oh, no, I'm the, sorry, the Kevin. Whole... I'm talking about canceling Anheuser-Busch. That's what I was referring to. Okay, yeah, no, there. Yeah, people are coming for Anheuser-Busch. That's what I was going to say. If anybody's being canceled, it's Anheuser-Busch uh, for basically choosing to sever ties. And to me, if uh, my problem with, with Anheuser-Busch would be if they broke their promise 
to uh, give money to the children's right. hospital. So I feel like I feel like the story has worked out the way it's supposed to. The this guy's life has not been destroyed. Um, p- people are basically deciding to uh, uh, looking at him, and some people are basically taking into account how old he was when he made this statement, and they're looking at him and saying, "Okay, just because he said something super racist when he was sixteen doesn't mean he's racist now." Some others, some of us have different feelings about that kind of thing, but some people are cool with it, and they're like, "All right, that's the past, and we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the good deed he's doing now." The important thing is the money is being raised for the hospital. The uh, the, the both Venmo and uh, uh, Anheuser Busch are are sticking to what they originally offered. The only thing that seems to have changed is they're not putting his face on a can of beer. And like I said, I can't lose any sleep over the fact that he's not going to get his face on a can of beer. I agree on that one. So if that's if that's what cancel culture is, that you don't get your face on a can of beer because you said racist stuff when you were a teen, then you know what? That's a lesson. That's a lesson for today's teens. Don't say racist stuff on the Internet. Or, you know what? How about just not saying racist stuff, period? How about that? Is that really right. that hard? <laughs> mm. All right, so let's move on to the next story, Danger. Okay. In the UK, a man is challenging his conviction for raping a woman who willingly slept with him after he falsely claimed to have had a vasectomy. I have a confession. I'm still fertile. Sorry. Sally, not her real name, was distraught as she read the text message from Jason Lawrence, a man she had met through a dating website. Are you serious? She texted back. You utter bastard. Why the hell would you do that to me? Can deception turn a sexual encounter into a sexual assault? What do you guys think? Okay, one of the things that uh, was particularly, uh, I'm trying to say the nicest way to say this, a holy <laughs> about the text that he sent was he, he said, sorry, XXX. So, you know, like kiss, 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 like, ooh, all's forgiven, right? Um, oh. They had gone all- Yes, um, XXS, like, you know, X's and O's, kisses and hugs. Uh, so, base, like, kiss, 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 sorry for, um, you know, lying to you to have sex with you. Yeah, because she did not want to have any more children. Uh, and, um, he didn't want to use a condom, so he basically told her that he had had a vasectomy. She had sex with him a couple of times, and she ended up getting pregnant from this encounter she had used the morning after pill but uh she still became pregnant it was too late and um she had to go through the ordeal of having an abortion and um apparently the uk laws are different there were some uh changes to their laws uh over the last few years that made this even possible so he's fighting this obviously but it brings to light other questions it brings to light other kinds of uh deception that happens uh the idea of stealthing where uh uh, a guy will be having sex with a woman or i guess anybody and agree to wear a condom because the person is saying i'll have sex with you but you have to wear a condom and they will basically remove the condom before insertion and is that a sexual assault? Also, the question can happen in reverse. What if a, a man is going to be with a woman sexually and she says that she is on birth control? She's on the pill and she's not on the pill. What happens in that case? Should a guy be able to uh, uh, have her charged? Now, in the UK law, it, you can't, a, a man can't uh, be 
accuse a woman of rape because their uh, law is very specific when it comes to the term rape. It has to do with inserting a, a penis into someone. So there's a you can basically you know do it can be a, considered a sex crime, but it can't be considered rape. So I'm curious about. Uh, you first danger being you know the one woman on the panel I wanted to hear your take on this particular story first well I thought about this in the terms of rape and my first instinct was you know no this isn't rape because this you know she wasn't forced against her will was she misled absolutely I don't know if I would as a woman consider this sexual assault because for me when I think about and I could be completely wrong I'm just speaking about from my own you know personal thought process here when I think about assault I think about this being like a like a physical like a battery type violent thing not to say that you can't be assaulted in other ways but um yeah I I don't know that I would consider it sexual assault. I think it's completely inappropriate. I think it's incredibly heinous. I think it's it it's evil to do something like that to a person. Um, clearly, this guy's morals are <laughs> askew. Um, yeah, I I'm not sure. Up about this going to a legal to a legal uh case where you know where you're pressing charges against someone um i could understand how that could happen because you know obviously she from what he told her she was permitting him to have sex with her you know it's a very personal thing he was inside of her you know i mean it doesn't get any more personal than that and she ended up getting pregnant because of it. So there was, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, yeah, I, for me, I don't know. I, I personally would not have taken it as an assault and taken it to the police or the law. Um, but I don't know how I, I can't speak for anyone else. I, I, I think to a certain degree, deception could be viewed as a sexual assault. I'm not sure in this case, quite honestly. This one, I don't know. For me, I would say no, but I guess, I mean, there are, if the law defines it as such, then the law stands. But as for me personally, I, I wouldn't say this scenario for me would have been assault. Um, Okay, now what do you think about when it comes to the uh, the stealthing thing? Because there's this brings up other uh, not only the ramifications of the idea of that, where someone basically is agreeing to have sex with you with protection, like she thought that she was protected from getting pregnant because he said yeah. that he was, um, uh, you know, had a, a vasectomy. So what about the case where somebody agrees to have sex with you with a condom and then they pull the condom off, unbeknownst to you? Um, just agreeing, pretending to agree to have you have sex with them and then uh, uh, removing the condom. Also, there is the whole idea of where men will, uh, women will agree to have sex and for birth control that they're going to use the withdrawal method, having nothing to do with banks. 
And um, the right? uh, the there was a case where a man, uh, a, a woman had sex with her husband. And um, sh- uh, he actually said that he was going to withdraw. Apparently, he had no intentions of withdrawing because she didn't want to have any more children. He wanted to have more children. And so he ejaculated and uh, it ended up going to court. Uh, or, or or didn't quite go to court, but she did try to press charges against him. And at this point, it's in some kind of limbo legally, I believe, in the UK as well. Um, so what do you think of these other kinds of circumstances? Is it the same kind of blanket thing for you? We're not sure if it's a sexual assault or not? I think that, you know, you bring up a really good point because it's not just a matter of somebody having sex with someone and being deceptive and them getting pregnant. I mean, Today, you can have sex with someone and that can end up being deadly. There's so, you know, we have, we have AIDS. There's, there's diseases that you can get that are with you for a lifetime. And there are diseases that you can get that can end your life. So, um, yeah, it's a slippery slope. Uh, and so where do you draw the line is, you know, getting pregnant assault is getting, is being, you know, given a disease assault. Um, I think. I, I think that if we're going to go down that road, I think there should be some some clear definitions on that. The worst thing to come out of sex is not a baby. I'm sure for some people it feels that way. And on days I question why I had kids. But, um, <laughs> but that's not the worst thing that can happen to you. Is it planned? No. But what do you think are the options or, or the, the ramifications of having sex, right? Yes, I understand that someone can say to you, um, oh, you know, I've had a vasectomy or, oh, I'm on the pill, but how well do you really know someone that you've met on a dating profile and are having sex with? So um, assault, I, I don't know. I Again, like if we're just talking about someone being deceptive and lying about you know, um, I'm on the pill or, um, I'm going to pull out. I think you, you're, you're taking a big risk. You're taking a big risk. Is it sexual assault? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess it could be, it could most certainly be, I I would be, I would be curious to know who's gonna, who's gonna define that. Are are we going to all come together and decide that is someone, is is someone else going to make that decision? You know, how, how is this, I think it's what, what it's going to be like what happens with all kinds of other cases. It's going to be decided yeah. by a jury if it actually gets, uh, and I guess prosecutors will make the decision to go forward and, and I, um, set and set some sort of a a precedent. Yeah, I mean, well, one of the I was going to say one of the reasons why I think that I absolutely think it can be an assault, it can be a crime, it can be rape, is because someone is making a decision based on this information you're giving them. And right. so when you when you intentionally the reason why he told her he had a vasectomy was to get her to have sex with him because she wouldn't have had sex with him. Her answer would have been no. So he was taking her choice away from her. She was saying, I'm willing to have sex with you under these circumstances. What if what if you basically let's let's get even more real here. What if okay. somebody basically you're having sexual encounter with somebody and you agree to like handcuff them? I'm going to uh, I'm going to handcuff you and you can do this. And your safe word is like, let's say pineapple. And then I start doing something <laughs> that you're not cool with. And you're like, pineapple, pineapple. I'm like, no. You know what? That's one thing that bothers me when it comes to a lot of there seems to be a lot of confusion when it comes to rape in a lot of circumstances where mm-hmm. people don't realize somebody can consent can be reneged at any point. 
You can yeah, be on top of somebody, and the moment they say no, it stops being a consensual and it starts to be a rape. And so the idea that someone's agreeing to sex under certain conditions and you're lying about those conditions to get them to have sex with you, I think that the only way to kind of stop this kind of thing from running rampant is with the threat of some kind of legal action. One of the things that was interesting about the story that we uh, found the, that got us talking about this whole well, that's topic. Not the- only way that we can stop it but that's that's one of the ways yes that's okay that's one i think you know what the other i I think i know what the other way would be and i i think that's a hard that's a very high standard uh (laughs) to hold people to everyone's not going to be celibate and so because i don't think because you're not celibate that means that people get to lie or whatever and um and have somebody get pregnant or give somebody a sexually transmitted disease when you know uh, that they they're not agreeing to something uh they're not agreeing to have sex without a condom or they're not agreeing to have sex with you without they're, they're saying that they that's another thing that the one of the things people lie about would be where they've asked someone's asked uh, there's actually a study um done uh, uh by arizona state university uh they did a survey and one of the things they asked they both asked men and women ages uh 21 to 30 about condom uh use and resistance uh meaning the tactic of uh employed to avoid using condoms uh when the other partner wants to and out of right. 313 men participating, 23%, uh, 23.4% admitted having used deception uh, at mm-hmm. least once since the age of 14, which was, I was really disturbing to me. And um, the same thing. Disturbing, it, uh, but not surprising. It, yes. Okay. Another another one of the uh, things of, of the, that was lied about was um, most commonly lied about was the with, withdrawing before ejaculation. Um, uh, 19.9% uh, 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 had uh, apparently lied about that. Uh, and also lied uh, and when it comes to lying about STIs, sexually transmitted infections, or being yeah. STI free, nine point six percent of them had lied about that uh, to have sex. And the interesting thing is, a lot of the men that were asked uh, were basically felt like they considered sexual assault to be force. So they felt like. Any right. kind of thing that they do to get a woman to have sex with them, or I guess in some cases a man to have sex with them, everything is fair game until you're holding somebody down. So saying whatever they have mm-hmm. to say to get you to do what they want you to do, they felt like they were the, a, a good percentage of them thought that that that's okay, which was really disturbing. So if anything, any lesson should be learned right. by this is just take no one's word for anything. Because <laughs> it's basically exactly. the lesson. I feel it should be learned by uh, taken from this. It was it's really scary to me. But the I absolutely think that UK is 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 uh, miles ahead of us when it comes to the legal system. Uh, I, I absolutely think that this should be considered a crime especially in this case we have they have text documentation back and forth between these two about him claiming to have had a vasectomy and then basically i feel like he was even like laughing at her with that text that whole xxx in particular was just like a, a big he was flipping her off like yes i lied to you oh well what do you think, Tone? Okay, so um, I have I have a lot of notes, so let's go through them really quickly. Um, first, I would I would like to say that lying is uh, unfortunately not illegal in these cases, but it is immoral. 
And we this is mm-hmm. a question of illegality versus morality. And like Kevin said, a lot of people view deception. Saying something is not illegal. This this story is a great segue from the story we just covered because in the story before, it was again the case of somebody said something versus, for example, in the case of, of Kavanaugh where somebody alleged something physical happened. So it's words versus actions. And for some reason, the law doesn't seem to cover in a lot of places. Now, the UK um, has a legal system and as a, has been as a, uh, as a state. Um, uh, England has been around much longer than the U.S., so of course their laws are going to go further back, and I would expect them to be a little bit ahead of us because of the time spent um, being established. But this is, again, a case where the law a lot of times, just like in the cases of rape or sexual assault, it's been written very specifically to say very specific actions, not words. And let's run some to some cases. Where I, in order to wrap my head around this story, I actually wrote down some different scenarios and tried to see how this is compared to those scenarios. And I was thinking, for example, of a woman who um, engages in sex with a man because she believes that man is rich or has money. And then later on, that woman finds out that that man is actually more, more broke than her. Um, that would not be considered rape because she had sex with him uh, physically, willingly, but he would definitely deceive her. So legally, that's completely fine if a man deceives a woman to have sex with her, telling her that he's wealthy and she's not. Uh, a football player who has sex with a woman, and then the woman tells the football player, well, I'm on birth control, and then she ends up getting pregnant. There's no legal accord to, like, we can't legally move forward with that and say, well, she raped him. Um, no, um, she just lied. So... Uh, a doctor who uses his sperm instead of the sperm of a husband to impregnate a, a patient. We covered a story like that. And unfortunately, there was only civil matters that would be uh, that we're able to take against the hospital. Uh, there's really no law to go after these doctors, unfortunately. So, again, the law and morality are very, are very separate on these cases. Um, unfortunately, lying again is immoral but it's not illegal. And like Kevin said, a lot. I think this is a problem with our culture. A lot of young men from a very young age are taught that you can have to do whatever you can to get mm-hmm. a girl to, to, to have sex with you. And lying and telling them, I love you, I'm single, you're, 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 you're my world. Like These are all things that young men say at a very young age. Like They learn to say these things. And as the, we get older as men, unfortunately, there, there's no correction of this. Like These are ideas that stay in our minds. And it's gotten to a point where we really got to ask ourselves, consent, like Kevin said, is, is oh, it can be reneged at any time. You could be having a sexual act with someone and that person says, I don't want to do this. Stop right there. There's no question. Right. And unfortunately, right. lying, there's you can lie to someone through your whole life. And the minute you find out that they that you've been lied to, there's no legal recourse. Unfortunately, you might be upset at the person who lied to you, but there's no legal recourse. And so in this particular case. Yes, she was lied to, but I wouldn't view it as sexual assault, unfortunately, because, again, we're, we're talking about how the law is written. We need to, we need new laws, actually. We need to get to a point where we're in new laws. But yeah. as a society, I don't think we've gotten to the point where we can face these issues. These are issues that, unfortunately, again, a lot of times end up harming women and, and men. It could harm men as well. But I feel like there's, there's a, so it's about po- the power structure, and a lot of a lot of men are in places where they can yes. make these laws. And unfortunately, we don't have enough women representation in these places where women can write these laws and address these these things. Because I do think we need a new consent law. It has to do with consent, and I don't think that the physical actions that are on the books right now really address these cases. Agreed. Well, th- yes, no. There's no doubt that we don't have the laws here. So the question is, should we? Should these things should like uh, uh, in fact there that actually has been um uh laws and people are in jail as we speak who 
gay people sexually transmitted diseases where they basically knew they were they had a sexually transmitted disease and they were having sex with people and uh infecting them and um and uh some people have been charged and actually convicted of that and so that was also a case of lying to people about you know to get them to have sex with you because you're concerned well if i tell them the truth that i uh you know have a sexually transmitted disease then they may not have sex with me if i tell them that i haven't had a vasectomy or if i tell them that i'm i'm not i'm not on birth control that they won't have sex with me i absolutely think that these should be prosecutable if um maybe people don't or have a problem with the word rape but I feel like it yeah. is an assault because you're taking someone's choice away. They're making a choice. It's the same thing to me even in a, a, a relationship that you believe is monogamous. You're, let's say they're having sex with your spouse without any kind of, uh, you know, most people that are, are in a committed relationship aren't using any kind of, you know, uh, safe sex methods. They're not having. They're not using right. condoms because this is your wife. This is your husband, and but they're actually stepping out on you, and they give you something because they took your choice away. You thought you were in a committed relationship, and you were being safe by being monogamous, but they're basically out there, you know, you know, meet, making friends with the world, mm -hmm. and so they bring that. They they inflict that on you. Why isn't that? Why shouldn't that be considered an assault? Um, I, so I think I have the pro a problem with the word assault. I mean, I, I do think it's absolutely wrong. I think that, um, breach of trust. it's, a, it's definitely a breach of trust. I think it's a wording issue, um, which sounds really stupid and petty, but, but I think that makes a difference when you're talking about, you know, legalities. So, uh, I, I would think yeah, I mean, there should absolutely be some type of a punishment for this uh, with regard to, you know, uh, this, this, you know, a sexual encounter and deception that leads to, um, you know, an abortion, a birth, a disease, whatnot. But I don't know if the right word is assault. And I think, um, Danger, what you just said is really interesting because... Um, as far as the law not addressing this, the law, again, is, it has to do a lot with who created the laws because right. if someone lies to you about selling you a certain bill of goods, then mm -hmm. that is illegal. If somebody promises <laughs> you to sell you something and it doesn't yeah. match what they sold you, for some reason, that lying is illegal. And I, and I, and I, and I have a good inkling that is because the, there were men who were affected by being right. by the specific aspect. But I don't, how is that any different that if someone lies yeah. to you to get you in bed or lies to you about their situation, their health situation, and yeah. somebody lies to you about selling you a car, a lemon, there needs a lemon law for this. We need a lemon yeah, law. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, a lemon, <laughs> a, a, a lemon penis law. But the the but but it can affect men when it comes to the idea that uh if if a woman has sex with you and she said that she's on birth control, and mm -hmm. she knows she's not because she's hoping to get pregnant because she wants to have your child just because or she wants to have your child because she's thinking of uh you know uh, yeah. eighteen years of child support. Sure, that is that that I would consider that to be an assault too. That is just as wrong. 
um, uh, to, you know, trick someone into impregnating you when they made it clear that they don't want to have children. Just like she, that woman made it clear that she didn't want to be a mother. The man can make it clear that he doesn't want to be a father and someone that's deceiving you to make you a parent against your will. I feel like that's an assault. All right. Well, oh yeah. Okay. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you said making a parent against your will. Well, you know, we didn't know that it was going to end up there, but yeah, there was a good possibility, but yeah, you're right. You're but, right. but, but again, but, but you took someone's choice away when you said, now, if you said to the person, okay, I'm not on birth control, but let's, we can, we can let it fly and hope for the best. Let's, fig- <laughs> let's use the finger cross method. But, and then and they said like, okay, then that's <laughs> on both of you. That's yeah. on both of you for using yeah. the finger cross method. But if one person is saying, oh, no, I'm on birth control, and then you're thinking, oh, okay, that's a green light. We're all systems go. Mm. Then, yeah, that is not cool. You have made a choice for me. You have chosen to make me a father when I didn't want to be one. Not cool. Mm-hmm. Not cool. All right. Let's move on to the next story. True that. True that. All right. Well, in New York City, officers are illegally using information from arrests that have been sealed, according to a lawsuit. And with little oversight, the NYPD has been using powerful surveillance technology on photos of children and teenagers. It's not just Facebook and Google that have big data. It's also police departments around the country using it to train the spotlight of their suspicion, said Jen Rolnick Borchetta, the lead attorney on the Bronx lawsuit. But they're running their algorithms and their facial recognition software on arrest records and mugshots that were supposed to have been destroyed. While 12, I'm sorry, while police in 12 states are prevented by law from accessing records of arrests that did not result in conviction, officers in New York and elsewhere can look up such files if they get permission from a court or from record-keeping officials. And in 25 states, and by the way, California is one of them, police have full access to arrest records, even ones that were dismissed or expunged. So basically, you can get arrested on some baseless suspicion and later let go, but that information is not only being held onto, your photo is now in a facial recognition database, and all of this can come back to be used against you over and over to paint just about any picture the police department wants to paint about you. Even more concerning is that this isn't just happening to adults. Children as young as 11 have been included. So this, again, brings to mind like the Carson King story and people who make mistakes when they're kids, right? And though this sounds like a proactive way to prevent crime, it's actually another way people of color are being disproportionately targeted. According to the Bronx's defender, according to the Bronx defender's lawsuit, more than 400,000 cases in the city that should have been sealed from 2014 to 2016 alone during the stop and frisk um, era when it waned, more than 80% involved black or Latino people. So I'd like to hear your take on this. Do you think states should grant full access to any and all arrest records for any reason whatsoever? Or do you think there should be some safeguards in place for those who have not actually been convicted of crimes? What do you guys think? 
Take it, Tone. I was just being quiet. I was going to like, Kevin, this is, why about well, this first, one? Well, first of all, you're in New York, so I feel like it should be, a, oh, you should take this first. Using, this, using New York City against me. <laughs> uh, I think um, I, I looked at, the, when um, Danger shared this story, I went and looked at the graph that showed, um, or it was a map that showed the different states and in which states it was, it, the, the records were sealed, in which states it was partially sealed, and in which states you couldn't access anything. Right. Um, I think this is again a, is like the case, like the the story before. Um, this is a case where the law is, is deficient. We, we need we need we need we need laws that um are more specific because either they're following the law or they're not following the law. Is it the case that in New York City these 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 um these arrests are sealed? Let's say you were not convicted, you were arrested, but you were not convicted, and your conviction and your arrest was expunged, then there should be no record of that arrest. Now, the only right. when I was reading about this story, it said the only cases where the arrest should come up is if you're trying to apply to be a police officer or some type of federal agent. In other words, if you're in a position of trust or power, then okay, the, these these arrests then do show up. But then that act, then again, there's a question of what the, what does expunge really mean? So arrests never really go away. Period. So this is another uh, case where the law is failing people because it's not being specifically addressed. And unfortunately, like like uh, like uh, like every, every aspect, and for for some reason in our country, um, people of color are disadvantaged greatly by this because it's in the case in the story that um that Danger shared. Uh, there was a, a young man in his twenties. He was with a friend. He was pulled over, and they found uh, a weapon in the vehicle. And he thought, and his lawyer thought, since there was since there was no prior case or no prior arrest on this young man, that the system would go lenient on him. But uh, but unfortunately, his lawyer found out that there was actually arrest that he that that he had been arrested before, and that they had access to these arrests. And then he ended up serving a a, a year in Rikers. Um, now, if you think to yourself. This he this was a uh, one of these um, lawyers that were given to him. This wasn't like a private lawyer that he paid for. So when I was reading the story, it, it just screamed at me that if he had been in a different scenario and he, and he had access to to proper legal representation, then he probably wouldn't have even done any time. He probably would have been on off on probation or a fine. But this was again, uh, it just, the story just screamed of how the system is always uh, against those who can't afford to defend themselves, and unfortunately, those are always people of color. And so a system that arrests more people of color because they're unfortunately in more impoverished areas. A lot of thing about life, unfortunately, as, as I grow older, is just geography. A lot of times it just comes mm -hmm. down to where you live. And like Danger said, the people that you're around a lot of times influence the type of behavior and actions that you take as a human being. So if you're if you are born into an area which is impoverished, then you're going to be policed more because there's more there's more crimes taking place in that area. And you're going to have more contact and more op opportunities as a young person to come in contact with police and unfortunately be arrested. So if you're arrested, then then and you're not convicted. These the you should not like you should be innocent until proven guilty then these arrests need to be removed this you should not be uh they should not be coming up in the future and there's going to be people who say well if he if there wasn't a gun in the car then he would have never been in the in the situation in the first place well you're missing you're again you have you have to pull focus let's focus in on what the story is about this is about these arrests that are coming back to bite people even though they were not convicted you either want to follow the law you don't want to follow the law if the law states that a person who's arrested and who's not convicted is therefore innocent and you're innocent until proven guilty and you were not convicted then unfortunately you're you're, you're innocent i mean unfortunately the system should take in fact that at that point you're innocent and that something that happens in the future is a different case so if this young man should have just been present 
and facing this charge of a gun being found in the vehicle, which by the way, they didn't prove if the gun was his or the person, he was a passenger in the vehicle, he did not own the vehicle, so they didn't prove if it was his gun or not. That was left out of the story, and I wanted to know like what happened with the the driver. Was he charged with the gun as well? But again, you have to pull focus and see like this. This is again about the deficiencies of the system that a person of color who's pulled over in a vehicle and a person who's white is pulled over in a vehicle. And unfortunately, if this person of color was arrested before and the person who was white was arrested, if one of them their record shows up and the other one the records don't show up, then they're gonna have a very different experience when they go through the legal system, and they're gonna have a very different experience when it comes in front of that judge because they're gonna see well you were arrested before, and that's already held against you so this is again the law is deficient and mm -hmm. and, and and again it's a it's a systematic problem it's there's a lot of factors it's just not about the law but it's about new york city we have we have a, it's a it's a it's a beautiful city with a lot of minorities a lot of um a lot of immigrants and even though we there's a there's a we're a huge part of the populace we're still being disadvantaged in a lot of ways, and the law is one of them. Well, the, you mentioned about the uh, the two sides of being pulled over, but we we know that uh, one group is going to be pulled over more because yes. just just you know driving while black, driving while while brown, uh, basically can make police feel like what's going on with that guy, what's going on with him, and want to basically investigate versus somebody who you know. Uh, needs a let's say a stronger sunscreen might not be viewed <laughs> while they're driving uh, as being a, a potential threat or being sus suspiciously driving um, the, this is a hard one for me uh, because the first thing I thought w was w if someone I cared about was victimized or my let's say my imaginary child who's doing a course great in school uh were attacked by someone and the police were basically using pouring through their database of anybody who was arrested even if they weren't convicted i'd be like look at everybody look under every rock find them find them now so because i don't have a certain set of skills so i can't <laughs> i can't track them down myself so do whatever you have to do but um we have to be aware that this is coming for all of us so those of you who are feeling safe thinking well i've never been arrested mm -hmm. so this won't affect me uh just like they're able to use the the technology to look through everything that's in their system how long do you think it's going to take before they can basically just use the internet itself and search uh, for every image on facebook or instagram and do a facial recognition through that if they have a if they have an image of somebody they believe that robbed a bank or something can they just basically search all of Instagram to look for a facial match? So the idea that technology isn't coming for all of us there uh, is a, a, a huge misnomer. There was all there's also been cases where the uh, people have been found through relatives, and what I mean by that is, um, oh yeah, uh, where, where there's been sexual assaults, uh, and um, there's been like body fluids, or even not a not sexual assaults, where there's been physical evidence, as in hair or something, and they they search for DNA of the person whose hair they have or semen they have, and they are not in the database. So what's the next thing they do? 
they look to see if there's anyone who's related and they're able to do that now. And that you're, you may not be in the system, but your cousin may be in the system, your father, your brother, your grandfather, your grandmother, and they can pinpoint people that way. So technology is coming and the laws don't seem to be uh, coming with the speed that technology is coming to hold, you know, the powers that be accountable. What do you think, Danger? No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I thought the story was important because, you know, it it's it's wrong on so many levels. It's wrong in the fact that people who were arrested many times for doing absolutely nothing, just, you know, being of a particular skin color and let go. You know, this, this, a lot of these arrests took place during this stop and frisk era. And there, if you look, I, I couldn't even believe this. There's actually a Twitter account called stop and frisk. It's literally at stop and frisk. And you, they've posted just to show you how ridiculous people just being stopped on the street, never mind pulled over people just being stopped on the street because they looked a certain way. That means like, if you just look a certain way to this particular police officer, not even that they're looking for someone who's committed a crime, you just happen to look a certain way. They had the right to stop you and frisk you and take your picture and write this up and maybe even haul you in. And that data, even though it account it 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 ended up not really um, accounting for anything, like you didn't do anything wrong, you were let go, you went about your day thinking, oh, all is well and good, I haven't done anything wrong. This later comes back in 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 some way to discriminate against you if you know, if you're riding in the car with someone and you don't know that they have a gun or, or whatever, you know, it's just, to me, it, that was just so ludicrous that you could have gotten stopped for something, not been, not actually been convicted of any crime. And yet they're holding on to this information to use it against you. And then to further add insult to injury, they're taking your photo and running it through these facial recognition softwares to that, that ends up God knows where, right? Because we don't have control over that. That's going into some database somewhere. Who knows where that's going to end up? We have no idea. So, so that's disturbing. And then when I, when I got deeper into the story and I found out this is even applying to kids, little kids that, you know, 11 years old, that, that it, they're not even supposed to be in the system. If, if they're in the system and it doesn't, um, if they've been arrested for something and it ends up uh, working out in their favor, they're let go, that stuff's supposed to be destroyed, like physically destroyed. And to think that they're running, that they're holding onto the stuff and then running it into facial recognition software for an 11 year old somewhere, that's just, it's so disturbing. It's just so disturbing on so many levels. But I, I agree, uh, you know, regardless of who you are, this is an important story um, because, as you mentioned, the laws are not keeping up with the technology, and we really need to pay attention. We really need to pay attention with regard to to um, privacy and and again, you know, either we're following the law or we're not following the law. You can't have it both ways. You can't say this is something that's supposed to be dismissed and expunged and deleted and destroyed and then later say, well, we really should hold on to this because maybe we could use this 
for somebody else's benefit somewhere. Okay, I need. Uh, to, I want to jump in to say something really quickly, um, just to make it clear for people if, if about how incredibly easy it is for children of color, in particular, to get uh, into the system. There was a case just this week or just this past week about a mm. little girl who was arrested um, and she was, I believe, seven or eight years old was six. arrested. Uh, six. Uh, oh, six. Yeah. Six for kicking someone in class. And then I saw a video that went uh, at least semi-viral on uh, online of a, of a kid. It was a bunch of kids. Uh, like at the end of August, at the beginning of September, they were uh, going somewhere and they were at a bus stop. One of the kids, the boys had his shirt off and these kids, were, I think the old, they were on 11 or 12. And a police officer, police officer just thinks one of these kids, the one with his shirt off looks suspicious. That's he doesn't basically voice exactly what it is, but he tells the kid that he's uh, uh, come with him. He's putting him in the back of the squad car. The other kids are like, wait, what are you taking? What are you taking him for? What is this about? And the police officer doesn't want to answer. They start filming him. They're filming this. And eventually the police officer lets the kid go because he starts to basically they've been saying like this is going to go viral you know let our friend go and why are you why are you t taking him for and eventually he lets him out of the cop car and uh that's the end of it but if those kids hadn't been filming that mm -hmm. if they hadn't stood their ground saying why are you taking our friend why you know it's it's 100 degrees why is it a crime for him to have his shirt off because also we're i believe now you know it's uh, now women can walk around topless in certain parts of the country without being arrested so the idea of a of 11 year old boy with his shirt off being enough to put him in the back of a squad car and take him to the police station so it's very easy to end up in the system that is why so many people have a problem with this whole kind of thing i just want to make it quite clear for those people thinking like well well if you if you end up in the system you must have done something yeah yeah no not 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 bloody likely imagine you know you send your kid to school right six years old what is that like first grade and you're not the last thing you're thinking about is getting a phone call from the police department or the principal saying that your kid's been arrested at six years old i mean and, and then to not have any control over where that information and that data goes that's terrifying as a parent that's terrifying as a human that's terrifying well one thing that i that, that people should be able to sue for and i don't know if they can because i don't think they can is what tom was talking about the other case about the about the kid that had uh, was in a car that had a gun in it I absolutely agree, Tone. If that kid had proper legal representation, uh, had an attorney uh, that didn't have 800 other cases on their desk, if they were just trying to push through and, and have people plead out and right. actually ready to go to trial, then that would have been a completely different outcome than the outcome that that uh, sadly he had. And so I wish people had the ability to sue for uh, malpractice to the public defender system because people are not being defended properly and it should not be about how much money you have, but there it absolutely is. There's no denying how much money you have uh, absolutely affects what kind of justice you're going to receive. Agreed. Um, I just wanted to touch on um, hearing Danger talk before um, how she said that these arrests are coming back to harm people in the past. It, it just made me. It just made me realize that it, this also relates to our first story in the sense that 
We are in an age right now, 2019, where danger is right. The technology has advanced to a point where we cannot shake our past. If you say something on social media, 20 years from now, your children and 40 years from now, your grandchildren will be able to read the stupid stuff you said at 16. And yeah. if they arrest you at 16 today, 40 years from now, they'll be able to still see that arrest in the system. So be very careful because we're living in an age now where everything is recorded for forever like every arrests are recorded whatever you say is recorded video is recorded like we're living in a very different age absolutely all right Scary. so let's move on to our uh our final story all right joker is the new todd phillips directed dc villain origin movie starring joaquin phoenix which is scheduled to be released on october 4th but the reason we're talking about the clown prince of crime is not because of the critical buzz the movie has been receiving but because of the fact that two movie theater chains have a announced that masks and makeup will not be allowed in their movie theaters when the Joker is released. Landmark and AMC theaters, the latter which runs more than 600 theaters, will not be allowing theatergoers in the th in their theaters with costumes, painted faces, or masks. This follows a memo by the U.S. military in Oklahoma warning military personnel of the possibility of a threat of a mass shooting during the release of the movie because of chatter picked up on the dark web. And as if that wasn't enough, family members of those killed in the July 20th, 2012 mass shooting at the screening of The Dark Knight Rises in Aurora, Colorado, sent a letter to Warner Brothers, who distributes the film and is also the parent company of DC Entertainment, of which Joker is a character of, voicing their concerns about the Joker film and how it could be misinterpreted and asking Warner Brothers to donate to aid and help the victims of gun violence. Many on the internet have come to the defense of the film, stating that art, movies, and video games do not cause violence, but some online continue to voice their concerns that the Joker is a role model for those looking to lash out at society with violence because of perceived mistreatment from society. So, where do you guys land on this? I know you're big fans of uh, of this genre. All right. Well, the biggest fan we have here is Tone. So, what do you think? My opinion, unfortunately, is not going to shock anyone on this one. I, I really feel um, for 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 the people who've lost people to gun violence. I I think gun violence is a scourge on this country. We need laws that that address this scourge, and we need to address the problem which is the easy accessibility of, of weapons, specifically guns, which are and automatic rifles, which are used to cause these crazy tragedies like, like the ones we've seen. So I, I do understand that, that people have been hurt and their lives have been changed catastrophically by, by guns and violence, and they want to make a change, and I, and I support that change. I just feel that we, we have to also pay attention to the studies and we have to pay attention and look at the past. We're living in an age now where we are the most PC that this country's ever been, especially when it comes to cinema. We are at a point where the, where the, where the movies, the, the Disney's and the, and the Warner Brothers, they're, they're, very, they're releasing less R-rated material and they're releasing much less edgier movies because they want to go for the bigger audience. And censorship is something that we're, we're at the highest point right now. And a lot of times, a lot of people say, well, we should censor media that, that's violent. But it, it also goes to the question of, is this really addressing the problem? The problem is gun violence. We need to stop the easy accessibility of guns that we have in this country. And we've lived through so many different decades where we had movies and, and video games which were violent. I grew up in the 80s. 
we had Rambo. We nobody's talking about how Rambo is incredibly dangerous to people to watch. Nobody's talking about how um John Wick is gonna incite violence. John Wick is basically a movie about a guy shooting a whole bunch of people. He's a he's a hitman. And I enjoy that type of movies. Like I don't have anything against these movies. What I'm saying is if you look at it, this is a very particular aimed attack at the Joker. For one, no one's seen the movie besides uh, uh, the the critics who who have said that it's it's a critically acclaimed movie and that we should watch it. But the general audience has not seen the movie, so a lot of people have to reserve. They have to reserve how they feel about the movie. That's a separate a separate conversation. But we should look at this movie at just like any other piece of art or video game. Video games do not cause violence. Movies do not cause violence. People who are violent cause violence with these mm. guns. That's what we have to focus on. And if you look at the 80s and the 90s, we have more shootings now when we have less violent films. And when we have more violent films, we didn't have as many shootings. So what do we have more now than before? Uh, guns. Okay. This is, this, oh, my. This is, oh, my. This is hard. Yeah, this is hard for me because I agree with part of what you're saying, but part of what you're saying just isn't true. The idea mm. that this that that this is the least violent uh, kinds of films and things we have. Look at TV alone tone. Um, as far yeah. as in there, the 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 kind of violence uh, that happens in television shows, we never had. Uh, you know, uh, in the 80s and 90s, the kind of violence and the kind of darkness that is shown in TV shows today. There are still very dark movies. The idea that, yes, big companies want to have a, a, a rated a rated PG and rated G things, but also you have to look at the rating system is slid. What's considered rated PG now mm-hmm. would have been would have been considered rated R uh, 10, 20 years ago. So the idea that videos I and mean, TV shows and video games have become less violent is like a f- I don't know what kind of what you're smoking, but no, it has not become less violent by any stretch. But I don't believe that movies kill people. I believe that guns kill people. And as far as in back in the 50s with uh, uh with shoot 'em up westerns, there have been films uh as long as soon as uh, the the advent of film, there were people shooting people with guns in yeah. cinema so the idea that this is what causes the violence no what causes the violence is the is the access the incredibly easy access to guns that are designed they're weapons of war they're not weapons of protection uh they're they're weapons that can kill a lot of people very quickly so that is the issue not the movie uh not the movies now the one issue i will say the reason why sadly this joker joker and batman will forever be tied to the aurora uh, colorado mass shooting now the question to me is of uh, is what 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 would have happened if the aurora shooter had burst into a theater that was showing Pretty Woman or something like that, some rom-com, would we be concerned when the next rom-com was coming out? I think one of the issues that, uh, that the theaters are doing is because, remember, one of the problems with the, with the original Aurora shooting was he showed up in, like, body armor and, and his face covered. People thought that he was doing cosplay initially people weren't initially sure what was happening that it wasn't some kind of skit or some kind of joke and so that's another reason why this is particularly tied to the idea of batman and the joker and one of the reasons why i think understandably theaters are saying we're not going to allow cosplay but but that that what you just said right now is completely it makes no sense to me so theaters should put up metal detectors and they should check if 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 what you're saying is true then comic-con will be the most violent event that ever happens every year 
because you have people running around in cosplay in Comic-Con. Everybody dresses up in Comic-Con, and there's no super crazy, massive, violent event happening. No, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wasn't claiming that people doing cosplay means that they're going to be shooting people. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, saying like the theaters. Like if the thinking is if the people coming to this in cosplay is dangerous, then look at Comic-Con. Comic book conventions are not violent places. We should have metal detectors to address the people who's coming in in comic book, um, in, in comic book year, not the comic book itself. Like the mask and the makeup is ridiculous. Honestly, this is about money at the core of it, and I think the movie theaters are concerned that because there there is apparently chatter about uh, people either threatening or considering being a mass shooter during the Joker movie. There's copycat, sadly, and so someone wants to be the next guy who we're not even naming the person who was the Aurora shooter. They want to basically have that kind of infamy. And so there's a danger of there's a this, there's there's a heightened awareness. And I think there, that the people should be more aware. Honestly, if I had kids, honestly, myself, I would not be going to see the Joker in a theater, especially not in the opening week. I just would not. So the idea that the theater wants to make people feel safer by saying, you know what, we're not going to have any kind of costumes, nobody showing up in masks, so they won't, it won't be the whole thing that happened during Aurora where people weren't sure if this person was a shooter or if it was just somebody wearing a costume like Bane. That was one of the issues from there, so that's why this is happening. So, I, Kevin, I, if, if people believe that, then the terrorists win. People always talk about 9-11 in New York City, and we say <laughs> the terrorists can't stop us. We have to live our lives like every day, like the terrorists are not going to stop yeah, us. But you got to use good judgment too but the terrorists win then if you're telling me i can't dress up at the joker and go to a movie theater the okay terrorists honestly win. honestly tone the terrorists have already won you can't you can't bring in three ounces of water onto an airplane the terrorists True. have won you have to take your shoes off before you get on planes the terrorists have won you have to be searched when you go into disneyland the happiest place on earth the terrorists have won you can't wear makeup when going to see the joker movie the terrorists have won Okay, I agree with that. All right. <laughs> Danger? <laughs> Danger, what do you think? Uh, I, I absolutely have zero problem with there being no masks and costumes and makeup in the movie theater. I I understand people's enthusiasm, but, you know, for safety reasons, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Um, and And this isn't like, you know what? We're just going to say this just in case. They're literally saying that they've heard chatter. So why not take the precaution and keep people safe? You know, I mean, an ounce of prevention, right? So uh, the question that you, you guys are going back and forth about, about, you know, do, you know, do video games and movies and art cause violence? Well, uh, this might be controversial, but I'm going to say, okay, so as a parent, this is what I, this is, this is how I frame this out. My job as a parent is to make sure that what my children are consuming is healthy. That doesn't just mean what goes in their bodies, in their mouths, what, what they're eating. If they fill their brains with stuff that is violent day in and day out, whether that be movies, video games, books, art, cartoon, like whatever, if that's all they're getting day in and day out, or they're getting this um, disproportionate percentage of violence being fed to them, you don't think that that's going to cause or breed violence? Because I absolutely do. And, it, and, and I really, 
I guess maybe an example of this is if you spend all day with people who are cursing and swearing, the chances that you're going to pick that up are, are, are probably going to happen. Like you're probably going to be probably going to go home and use a couple curse words. If you're hearing that day in and day out, I don't care what your morals and values are. You're going to slip, I think, at some point. And I kind of Damn feel it, the same danger, way. you're wrong. <laughs> I kind of oh. feel the same way. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way about, you know, I, I was in the beginning, you know, before I had kids, I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way that violent, you know, video games or anything, anything like that is, is affecting people. And I am a big, big, you know, I am definitely against censorship. I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in censorship. I just don't think that it's a good thing. I mean, I think we should have art and we should have culture, but we also should have some good common sense, right? Like, is it healthy for kids to play violent video games all day and also have access to guns? Probably not. Right. But I don't think guns are only the problem because the, you know, it takes a, a person of a certain mindset to go and do these things. So if you're constantly being fed negative in, what do you think is going to come out? Negativity, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't think okay. stand, stand alone movies and video games are just going to cause someone to become a violent person. But if you're being fed that on a daily basis and that's what you're surrounding yourself with, yeah, you're going to go to a dark place. Okay. I think that, I think that, uh, I'm I'm in the middle of where between you and tone. I wouldn't say has no effect, but the difference is I think the people that are dark or troubled or disturbed gravitate sure. towards a certain kind of material. And so it's going to affect them in a different way. Just like when people mm -hmm. that are suffering from just depression, not that I'm not claiming all people who are suffering from depression right. are, are violent, but, but you can be, if you're suffering from depression, you can be more triggered by a sad movie than a person who has, you know, who sure. doesn't suffer from depression. And the same thing is a person who's prone towards violence um, uh, or somebody who has uh, what's the term that basically kind of has issues with empathy. Mm -hmm. um, viewing. Yeah, dish, thank you. Uh, that 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 basically partaking in video games. I've seen some imagery, some some video games, that has just been so disturbing, and I yeah. just can't imagine seeing it as a child every day. How what what effect that might have, and also and also if 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 the and that's another thing. All parents aren't created equal, just like all kids True. aren't created equal. True. So some kid who has a very nurturing, good, you know, home um can maybe see something like that and it doesn't deeply affect them because they have other influences in their life but a kid that has less positive influences can get kind of stuck in uh, uh the mire of darkness of video games and certain kinds sure. of films absolutely but the but, but i think the, the thing that makes it most clear that to me that the number one issue has to be guns and not influences out uh, uh influences is the fact that this seems to be a unique thing to us uh, for the most part uh, uh us western society these mass shootings other places these aren't happening why aren't they but, they, but they look don't at have their culture too though but look at their culture too like i know that we do a lot of comparisons to uh to europe but they don't they're not necessarily being faced with the same things that we are day in and day out. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for assault rifles. That's that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it's not solely having access 
to weapons. Well, it, is no, that to a me, problem? It's having a, it's, yes. But to me, it's having access to assault weapons. Because that's what we're talking If we're talking about mass shootings, like what happened in the Aurora Theater, if that guy had had like a six shooter or, you know, a gun that held 10 bullets or he had two guns, look at how many people he was able to kill in so quickly. That right. The issue is the assault weapons, in my opinion. Again, I'm not trying to take your gun away that you use to protect your family right. uh, or anybody else's gun to, to protect your family. Uh, to protect themselves uh, uh, in their house. I'm, I'm not, that's not what I'm worried about. But sure. the idea that you have a gun that can fire off a hundred bullets in less than a minute, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I have an absolute problem with that. That is a weapon of war. If we can basically say that you don't have the right to own a bazooka, then why, why do I, why can't we say you have, we don't have the right to have a gun that has armor piercing bullets or has a, a gun that can fire off a hundred rounds in less than a minute? What, what is the difference? This is that is mass destruction. So that to me is where the line should be drawn. Being able to kill a lot of people very quickly. It's not legal for you to have a bomb, a nuclear bomb uh, to fight the government. If the government basically turns against us or something like that, then you should not be able to have a gun that can kill that many people that quickly. What's odd also is um, this is definitely an issue of obviously about the Second Amendment. And um, by the way. It is. It is a second. Because I kind of thought we were talking about a movie and whether the movies and art causes well, violence. <laughs> well, but it, again, I keep going back to the fact that it's the guns, yeah. not the movie. This is a Second Amendment issue in the sense that people should be able, be able to have their guns to protect themselves, which I agree 100 percent. But people shouldn't be able to have access to guns when they're mentally or, or in a place where they have problems. And that's my issue again. This mm-hmm. movie, the reason that it's being singled out, by the way, let's, let's specify, is because the Joker is a movie about a villain. And if right. this was a Batman movie, no one be, would have a problem because in the Batman movie, we have Batman as a person that everybody's supposed to look up to and is there to stop the Joker. But in this movie, we were sans Batman. No Batman to stop him. And people are thinking, well, the average person is not smart enough to understand that this movie is about a person who made horrible choices and ended up being a horrible villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're going to be like, this is about uh, how to become a villain. And people are going to think we're trying to tell him to become a villain. No, right. the average person, even a child understands that Joker is a villain. And it, again, this is a very, I don't know why, but I really feel like certain people are, are, are looking at this movie and championing it because it, it suits their narrative. There's a Again, whole bunch of other right. movies which are completely violent, like I mentioned before. Like John Wick is incredibly violent. How come nobody's mad about John Wick? Uh, but 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 again, the, the, to me, Tone, I think that I've already it's said because this. It was this it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's because the it'll it'll <laughs> Batman will forever be tied to Aurora. This is why we're not gonna. This is why we weren't we weren't concerned about John Wick. And honestly, people aren't dressing up as John Wick. John Wick doesn't wear a mask. He doesn't cover his face. And so, if you were doing cosplay as John Wick, you would you would be looking like Keanu Reeves um you know so i it's not the same thing it, it, so another thing is uh, and that's just, thing. Just, let me just answer that really quickly though if it's not the same thing let's look at all the other mass shooters who didn't wear a mask and didn't go into a movie theater like how, how come we're not addressing any of those situations like it just seems well, wait, really wait, the only reason we're wait, wait we're addressing this because of the fact that this is about theater chains deciding to ban cosplay when people come in to see this particular but no, movie but, but that's what i'm trying to say kevin like if, if that's the case then theaters should look at all types of movies and figure out like what other the other the other uh homicidal maniacs we're looking but, at but i can't believe that you're leaving you're missing a, a huge component though tone the <laughs> idea was when the mash when the shooter went into the aurora shooting people thought that he was dressed as bane that was he was he was covered in uh, in uh in uh bulletproof uh, 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 uh 
Kevlar vest and the whole thing. People thought that it was cosplay. People weren't concerned when they initially saw him. I understand that point. They thought, actually, he was dressed as the Joker, the Aurora shooter. But but the point I'm getting at is like, again, the, the, the NRA has beat us on this one because we're concerned with makeup and masks. We should be concerned with metal detectors and checking people when they, if everybody wears a mask, the violence doesn't increase. If everybody has access to a gun and somebody gets a little tipsy, <laughs> the violence might increase. So we True. need metal detectors at movie theaters. That's that should be the story we're talking about. There's mo- there's more metal detectors at the Joker movie screening. Not there's more there's less mass. What well, does it matter if they don't have a mass if they have an automatic weapon? I'm well, not- okay, now see, okay. But where would you hide it though? Right? Where would you hide but, it? Exactly. But but also to me, you remember this is not some kind of the government has not banned this two theater chains. That means there's other options. So if you want to go dressed up as, you know, uh, uh, Batman or Bane or Joker or anybody, you can go to another theater to do it. So I, I wish you luck. So <laughs> I hope you're where I hope you have one of those bulletproof backpacks we talked about on a past show because yeah. it might go down. And so so I, I, I don't understand why you can't see that there's some kind of connection, that this isn't just out of the clear blue sky that the, that theater chains are saying we would feel safer for our customers if you weren't wearing makeup. But now, Kevin. I, um, that's another thing. I, I would not mind if they wait. Let me finish this one statement. The, I would I would have no problem with them. <laughs> also having a, a, a what do you call it a metal detectors again if i had a kid that was crazy to see this movie and they wanted to go dressed up i would want him to go into a theater where they did have metal detectors honestly i would too that's what i but the but that's the point i think i think you do get my point that's exactly what i'm trying to say kevin there is no connection that's what i'm trying to get at that, that you're trying to say i don't get it. there is no connection the Joker and all this violence is happening out in the real world. There is no connection. That's what I'm trying to explain. Metal detectors would be a better measure for these movie theaters to take. And I agree with you. I think we're both in agreement. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll say this much. If I'm going to a theater, if I have to choose between the theater where people are dressed up to go see the Joker or not dressed up, I'm going to the theater chain that has nobody dressed up. So mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> all right, let's move on to our favorite part of the show. A little thing we like to refer to as trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer, 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 trailer talk. All right, <laughs> all right Tone. <laughs> let's wow. get this party started. So Kevin, before we get started with our trailer talk segment, can you please let our listeners know what's our patented trailer talk rating system? All right, Tone. It's super complicated, but I'll try to break it down for the people. All right. So if a movie trailer did its job and you actually want to put on pants and leave your house and risk getting shot at, then you give that movie trailer a movie theater. (laughs) And if you don't want to get shot at and you want to stay home... And you might actually watch this movie, stream it someday, where no one's going to shoot at you. (laughs) Then you give that movie trailer a Netflix. But if a movie trailer was so bad that you're bitter and enraged about the fact that you lost three minutes of your life you can never get back, then you give that movie trailer, unfortunately, a kill. (laughs) So violent. I know. We're adding to the culture of violence here on Last Weekly. We're not even All right, Tone. Speaking of being violent, Tone, what's our first victim? Okay. Our first movie trailer today is Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is a crime thriller directed by the Safdie brothers, 
John Safdie and Benny Safdie. The film stars Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Adina Menzel, Lakeith Stanfield, Eric Bogazonian, and Julia Fox. It is scheduled to be released by A24 on December 13, 2019. Kevin, can you please share the synopsis for Uncut Gems? All right. Uncut Gems is set in the Diamond District of New York City. Howard Ratner, a jewelry store owner and dealer to the rich and famous, must find a way to pay his debts when his merchandise is taken from one of his top sellers and girlfriend. All right. Danger, what did you think of the trailer for Uncut Gems? I thought the trailer looked really interesting. Uh, my first thought was that Adam Sandler looked a little bit like Al Pacino in a couple of those shots, which was offsetting. You know, I was like, what? Huh? So that was interesting. Um, I, I, to see Adam Sandler in a serious role, I think would be very interesting. Um uh, um, I like the cast, you know, Adam Sandler, he's a funny guy. It'll be really, like I said, interesting to see him as a serious person. Um, the fact that it's set in the diamond district. Oh, diamonds. Yes, please. Adina Menzel. Now, when I saw that they were like a couple in this, that was, uh, that threw me for a loop a bit. Like there's a scene where they're like making out and I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot right there so that was really interesting to me to have those two as a couple um i like judd hirsch i like eric bogosian um really interesting cast i think it's going to be a really interesting story but i think it's going to be seriously rough as a movie i mean it looks like there's there's a lot of violence you know we know that there's from from the uh from the trailer, there's gambling, there's a lot of money being exchanged. I get the impression uh, Adam Sandler's great idea for whatever he was gambling on didn't work out to in his favor, and things go wrong pretty badly. Uh, looks like there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of language. Um, I would say this is not a family-friendly movie. <laughs> Uh, I would say for me, I'm going to, I'm going to say Netflix on this one. Um, and I'm going to say Netflix because like normally I probably wouldn't watch this kind of movie, but I thought it was really interesting towards the end of the trailer. Adam Sandler almost looked like he was not the down on his luck kind of guy that we are thinking he was. He almost looked like he was in control of the situation. So I'd be very curious to find out what the real story is going on here in this movie. So I'd say Netflix for me. Okay, I'll take it next. Um, the funny thing is you mentioned language, and we talked about this uh, recently on the show, that I keep being surprised, and it's I'm, it's going to be soon where I'm, I'm no longer surprised, that the language in movie trailers is just rough i mean i i am i'm just not anticipating hearing you know the f word and stuff during movie trailers it's going to be yeah. in the movie obviously if it's a rated r movie but not in the trailer so mm. i wish they would at least ease up on the language in the tra in the trailers but i guess the i guess the fair the, the the if you're looking at it in a fair way they could say like you know what you, we're not going to surprise people we're letting you know mm. 
this is what you're in for if you're going to yeah. see this movie. Uh, so there's two ways of looking at it. But I wish they would. I honestly still wish they would like ease up on that. All right. As far as the him looking like Al Pacino, agreed. Concur. Um, I seeing Adam Sandler in a serious thing. I I don't know if you guys remember a little thing he was in called Punch Drunk Love. I still have nightmares about that movie. It was horrific. Uh, and I'm not an Adam Sandler fan. I, I just, I am not. So okay. trying to trying to watch an Adam Sandler film is already a, a, a stretch for me. I watched his last uh, thing that he did for Netflix with Jennifer Aniston. You're brave. Um, a, a, murder, a murder mystery thing. I like that. I like that. Wow. Oh, see, I, I, I'm thinking less of you now, Danger. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my funny. god! <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, not a fan. Um, so I definitely would go. There's no way I'd go to see this in any Adam Sandler thing in a movie theater. Not even close. As far as then the way he changed the vibe you got from him at the beginning of the trailer towards the end, I was wondering if we're gonna go for a Breaking Bad kind of thing, where mm -hmm. somebody who gets caught up in the world of crime basically goes from being you know a victim of this crime to the perpetrator of the crime. I absolutely Ooh. got a Walter White vibe from him towards the yeah. end of this trailer, so I'm curious to see how it goes. So I've already proven my lack of judgment when it comes to Netflix by trying to watch a uh, murder mystery because. He, he, I got. He lured me in with Jennifer Aniston. He did. He did. Now he's going to lure me in with uh, with uh, uh, Adele Dazeem. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't let that joke go. I couldn't let it go. Anyway, <laughs> so. Adina Menzel, I love her. So I, I might be lured in to see it on Netflix, maybe, but uh, it's 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 barely a Netflix for me. I mean. Barely. Barely. All right, Tom, what do you think? Well, I think I should go first next time because you guys both touched on everything I was going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. Um, I, I agree with both of you. Um, this is Adam Sandler. It's in a serious role. So I, I, I had pause to that. And also it's kind of part curiosity for me. From the beginning of this trailer, there's a strong energy and vibe. Like the music really like it just starts pounding and you just start kind of getting engulfed in the music as the trailer progresses it introduces you to, to adam sandler's character who, who he clearly looks like a down on his luck person and i thought it was very interesting that that um danger said that he might be pulling uh 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 what do you call it uh, usual suspects on us right here uh but that'd be very interesting i would say because i didn't get that i thought that basically he was a guy who's just slepping through life and making bad choices mm. and kevin i do remember punch drunk love and i was going to mention that's the only adam sandler movie that I ever watched that i didn't know what the movie was about before watching it like it really threw me for one and it was very it was, it was a creative risk and i would say it paid off so um oh my god it's, oh my it's, god between, between now taste. danger and you i just my opinions of both it's of you it just plummeted just plummeted and people either love that movie or they hate it it's a very it's a very tough I think, movie I think yeah, we know oh, what, either people were, you know, what you're saying is either people were watching the movie or not <laughs> watching it because the people who hated it actually were looking at the screen so you were looking at a girlfriend or wife or something and you're all and you equated your feelings towards your date to the film obviously because you didn't see it well uh i thought it was, it was very interesting uh filmmaking and it also reminded me a little casino this movie the the grittiness of the shot so when, yeah. when danger mentioned um um al pacino i could kind of see that he kind of looks like al pacino in uh heat with the leather jacket 
Um, so I'm curious to see this. I, I it's more of a it's more of a curiosity. I've also heard good things about the Safdie brothers. Like I haven't seen um Good Times, uh, but they say that that's the movie that you got to watch if you think Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman. So uh, I'm definitely going to Netflix oh this when it's available. So you, you you about Robert Pattinson or about Batman? Danger. Both. Both. So. <laughs> So yeah, so they're saying the Safdie brothers are the guys who really brought Robert Pattinson back from um his being a vampire. So Obscurity. I'm curious. Yeah. So let's uh, Netflix for me. All right, Tone. So what is our next victim? Uh, like a Boss is an upcoming comedy directed by Miguel Arteta and is written by Sam Pittman and Adam Cole Kelly. Um, the film stars Rose Byrne. Tiffany Haddish and Salma Hayek um, and it's scheduled to be released on January 10, 2020. It's a Paramount Pictures film. Um, Kevin, can you please share the synopsis for Like a Boss? All right. In Like a Boss, two best friends are living their best lives, running their own cosmetic company they've built from the ground up. Unfortunately, they're in over their heads financially and the prospect of a big buyout offer from a notorious titan of the cosmetic industry proves too tempting to pass up putting their lifelong friendship in jeopardy so what did you two think of like a boss get him danger <laughs> uh so i i thought this would be a fun one to watch uh one that you don't really have to expend too much brain power on so Anytime I can see a movie that's kind of that's a no brainer, literally, um, and lighthearted, uh, I I think is a you know I think I'm down with that. Like I want to laugh. This one looks like it's going to be really funny. Um, I love Tiffany Haddish. I love. I haven't seen her in a lot of things, but what I've seen her in, I really like her. Um, and I didn't think that I would, but. I'm the type of person that, like if I know your backstory and I know a little bit about you and I and I fall in love with you, then I will support you. And I just have fallen in love with her based on her backstory. So I would I would definitely um, I, I think this is going to be a fun movie. Again, I don't think it's going to be one of those movies that is family friendly. I don't think there's much that Tiffany Haddish is in that's family friendly. There's going to be some language. There's definitely going to be some adult themes for sure. But I think it's really interesting with all the stuff that's going on with influencers and the cosmetic industry and like all these YouTubers. I think it's going to be um, interesting to see how that plays out on the big screen, you know, if they're going to steal some of those ideas that have happened in real life and see some of those come to play in this movie. I think that would be really interesting. Um, there isn't too much that makes me want to go to the movie theater these days. So I'm going to say I'm not going to go to the movie theater to see this, but I will definitely watch this movie because it just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to say Netflix on this one for me. All right. I guess I'll go next. Um, let's see. You mentioned adult themes. Talk about the first adult theme. I mean, literally the trailer opens up with uh, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish and uh, her best friend Rose Byrne. They're like in they're in the bathroom getting ready to go somewhere. And uh, Tiffany Haddish says, "Why is sex in uh, Why is sex better uh, uh, in, in dreams than in real life?" And uh, with her mouth full of toothpaste, Rose Byrne answers, "Because they come when you want them to." And Tiffany Haddish replies, "That is that is." So 
true. Uh, when I'm done, they're done. I'm like, okay. And so that instantly tells you about how their friendship is. I feel mm. like I already know these women. I know how they interact. I'm already on board, honestly. And then when you have Selma Hayek enter the enter uh, enter the picture, and she is the she is the notorious titan of the cosmetic industry, and I love uh, there's a line where um, she when she's potentially going to buy off uh, uh, or buy a percentage of their company, um, she says, you know, I I I found that often friendship and uh, business don't always mix and Tiffany tells her oh don't worry your pretty little head about it and Selma Hayek replies my head isn't little it's just that my breasts are humongous so <laughs> it's going to be a good time had by all <laughs> so <laughs> one thing I do want to say about the trailer uh, along with those three ladies uh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge uh, yeah. is in this movie yes. and she is incredible I love Jennifer Coolidge uh, she steals every scene that she's in she's been stealing scenes and comedies since uh, before Legally Blonde in American Pie and mm-hmm. I want to say after all these movies that she stole scenes in why isn't Jennifer Coolidge starring in her own comedy mm-hmm. and then letting me come in and swoop in and steal scenes away from her I, I love Jennifer Coolidge she needs to be starring in a movie and I need to be her wacky sidekick so anyway I'm giving this movie an absolute Netflix without a doubt it's already in my Netflix queue I don't know if you guys know that I've already added it <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell what did you think like a boss for me was a trailer that that just displayed different levels of stupid um <laughs> my my wife watched this with me this trailer and she said to me after the trailer her first words were like i wish i could get those two minutes back and the trailer <laughs> the trailer is two minutes and 19 seconds and she wanted her two minutes back so i enjoyed the other 19 seconds of the trailer so there's 19 solid seconds of enjoyment in this trailer um i gotta say rose Byrne, she has range i enjoy her i've seen her in all types of roles she can do comedy she can do serious the woman can act but i really think that she was casted wrong for this movie she shouldn't have been in this movie because i can't picture her in the character that she's playing i can't picture her being friends with that tiffany haddish character and also i can't even picture her character i really can't tell who she is she is no character at least tiffany haddish made strong choices like she plays herself and she makes strong choices in every movie that she's in but rose Byrne, she completely faded the one character that really stole the trailer for me and i feel like the the most enjoyment i got was salma hayek i agree kevin that boob joke got me like I, i i giggled a little and also, I thought the supporting cast, I agree with Kevin, the supporting cast has some really decent moments. And I think they also stole the trailer. Um, Karen Sony, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he, you guys probably recognize him as Dopinder from the Deadpool movies. Um, he was in the background. He was holding Sama Hayek's purse throughout the, the scenes that she was in. So I thought he looked pretty funny just standing there holding her purse. Um, also, you had Billy Porter, who has really strong yes. fashion yes. sense. The man can rock fashion. He stole the scene when he was in the restaurant. And he says... Witnessed my dramatic exit. Like, that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. He killed it. He killed it. Like, I laughed. I actually laughed at. And I didn't know this woman, but I saw her in the trailer, and she had two funny lines, so I looked her up. Her name is Natasha Rothwell. She used to be on um, SNL as a writer, I believe. 
or or maybe she was cast. I'm not really sure about that. But but she had a line where um she basically told told her that that it was a cultural thing when she took her weave off and she jumped into the pool. I thought that was funny. Um, so all these people in the background really shine for me. Like I really think I, I agree with Ke- with Kevin. Some of these folks should have their own movies and their own comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I really did not appreciate this trailer. I thought it was so generic. Like even the cuts were so generic. Like I've seen these this these setups so many times. It was very lazy cuts. Um, so it's a kill for me. Like I'm not watching this. I'm not putting this on Netflix. Is this for bad moms or the bridesmaid crowd? I, you're, you, go watch those two movies. <laughs> Bridesmaids is a very funny female lit comedy. Watch that movie. This movie, it's from the trailer, not so much. Okay, now I got to jump in. Now uh, this is not on the level by any stretch of of uh, of Kristen Wiig and what we got in Bridesmaids. So I'm not, I wasn't claiming that. I was I didn't give it a movie theater, but I agree with Danger. Sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and just kind of like watch something that is is gonna basically, especially after like a show like this. I need to watch this movie now <laughs> to, <laughs> to come down from this from the rough topics we had this week. But so, Kevin, Kevin, I'm I'm not talking about we were just talking about the trailer. Like if you watch the Bridesmaids trailer and you compare it to this trailer not the movie because the bridesmaids is a great movie so i I don't think it's fair to compare this because we haven't seen it but i would say if you look at the bridesmaids trailer even the setups and the cuts are much more funny than the cuts in this trailer so trailer for trailer i'm taking the bridesmaids trailer oh absolutely no i no i agree that i'm sure that i i'll tell i'll already jump out on limb and say this i'm absolutely positive bridesmaids is a better movie than like a boss I think Like a Boss is some a popcorn movie for a rainy day after you've done a rough podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think this movie is going to be. It's not a movie theater. I don't advise anybody to pay like $14, $15 to see this. But basically, if you're already paying for Netflix, get your money's worth, pop some popcorn and get under a blanket and watch this. I think it would be a it would it would be a fun 90 minutes. It would help you kill 90 minutes off in a, in a, in a you'd be slow slightly amuse smile maybe even laugh a couple times hey watch this hey watch plus it. plus you get a chance to see selma hayek's rack again so <laughs> uh, what what who what's not to like okay. all right okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to transition from that that's a very yeah, that was a woo. Okay. <laughs> okay so is this is the part of the podcast where i get to ask my co-host the thing i like to ask them every single week what was your favorite slash least favorite thing about the week ladies first oh watching this kitten do kitten things all over the house it's been such a long time since we've had like a baby anything you know so to just see this kitten in all of its glory just you know getting so much pleasure out of simple things you know a toilet paper roll on the floor a bottle cap whatever just running around and just it being a kitten is hilarious and i'll have to tweet some of those clips video clips later but yeah that that's probably been my favorite thing she's just the cutest the most adorable my least favorite thing having to drive uh two and a half hours to take my kids for testing that definitely least favorite thing of the week and that's it <laughs> all right me. yeah okay who can't love an adorable kitten all right okay tell what was your favorite or least favorite thing of the week uh, my my favorite thing of the week was learning that Spider-Man is going to be back in the MCU. Uh, Sony and Disney have reached a deal which will have Spider-Man making two appearances in the MCU. One of those appearances will be an un, uh, undecided uh, Marvel movie. And the other one will be the Spider-Man 3, which is going to be the, the conclusion to the, the Spider-Man Far From Home um, 
uh, movie um, that we just received. Uh, my least favorite part of that is that Sony and, and Disney thought it was okay to use us all as pawn pieces to get all outraged and mess with our emotions and tell us that Spidey was leaving and me created a video and I voiced my opinion on my video and I got all mad and everybody got mad and we were just pawns for negotiation. So that's Ooh. my favorite and least favorite thing about it. Okay, how did you guys know that we weren't all being used as pawns? Obviously, the the, the outrage was going to basically be a bargaining chip. Oh my God, how did you, how did you guys not know that? All right, yeah, we, we're gonna get more Tom. Okay. Yay! So more Tom Holland in uh, in tights. So all right. So what about um, you, Kevin? Okay, okay for me, there, it, it's hands down, without a doubt. There was an there was such an easy favorite thing this week, and that was the fact that Nancy Pelosi, she wasn't, but now she is. My girl, my girl, said, you know what? I am. We're we're gonna do an impeachment investigation against the most corrupt president of all time. So will he be? Will he be removed from office over this? We all know that's probably not going to happen. Almost, almost absolutely not going to happen. But as far as for somebody who's so driven by to want to do react to Barack Obama and do things Barack Obama didn't do. Oh, one of the things you're going to be able to accomplish that Barack Obama didn't accomplish is being impeached. And I'm looking. I'm here for it. Here for it. <laughs> Can't wait. Wow. All right. So that's my favorite thing. All right. We can't we can't do every story, but we do want to cover the most depressing stories you can think of. <laughs> so if you see a story that doesn't make us want to commit suicide, let us know. <laughs> Well, if you want to share your favorite or least everything about the week, please do that. We want to hear from you. You can do it in a couple of ways. You can send us a voice message through the Anchor app, and we might actually play your favorite thing or your story choice on the show. So be a part of the show. Hit us up on Anchor. Just search for Last Weekly. Uh, you can also hit us up on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. We are at Last Weekly on both uh, sites. Also, uh, you can send us an old school email, lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. All right, Tone, how can people uh, listen to this show other than how they're listening to us right now? Well, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. You can watch us and listen to us on YouTube and our new home, WJMS Radio. You can listen to us every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern and every Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. To make it even easier, because that's what the Last Weekly fam does, go to lastweekly.com for all our links where you can listen to us. And please know that our theme song is Lush by the artist Dyla. All right. Thank you so much for that tone. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening and supporting our podcast and following us on social media it means the world to us mm -hmm. we're on, we only bitch about stuff because of you guys we're doing it for you for you, for you. so please please listen to the next episode of last weekly because the week doesn't, doesn't end, end until oh. say it with me co-host until, until we, we say, say we're not even close <laughs> not even close we're Get so over. off this week all right goodbye 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow that was, we try to trick us <laughs> 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 <laughs>
That was the most messed up. Oh my god, but such a fun, fun show, fun ending. All right.